Hello and welcome back and thank you for joining us again here on Tani Talks Radio brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio powered by Radio.co. This is the show or the Sheer depending on which week it is where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Usually we do it in a switch off method. Sometimes we go off the platform but oftentimes it's either a topic for the week or it's the sheer for the week. This week we're doing another topic for the week, especially because where we are right now. We try to do it in an hour platform and you're able to call in if you want at 520-453-8302. 520-453-8302. You could also email us at sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com. I apologize if it sounds a little far today, a little different today. We don't have the microphone this week because of our location, as we'll explain in a little bit. But hopefully you could still hear us and you could always replay afterwards. You can listen to us on many different platforms as we explained in the setup period, in the setup phase a few minutes ago. The Sheer Enjoyment Radio app on Google Play or on the Apple App Store. You can listen on the Key Radio on the Sheer Enjoyment Radio channel or on JRoot's app or on JRoot's website. Or on J-Rood's channel as well. On Naki Radio, you could call in at 520-453-8302. 520-453-8302. You can also email us at sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com. Sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com. So oftentimes, throughout the year, there is a big mix-up. There is a big disconnect between the non-Jewish calendar, between the regular school calendar, the DOE calendar, if you will, as I work for the DOE as a city therapist, an occupational therapist, and between the Jewish calendar, the private school calendar, if you will. It doesn't really match up throughout the year. So often, sometimes, oftentimes, especially through Sukkot, we see these pictures of people posting and they get to go away here and there. I have work on Cholomoy, thank you very much, as many people do, those of us who don't work in Jewish schools or Jewish institutions or the like don't have that so it doesn't often calibrate for my wife and I to go away and take the kids especially throughout the year one time when I was able to work remote we were able to go away we'll talk about that also where we were able to go but in general usually throughout the year it does not work maybe maybe we'll get a day here and there if MLK day works out during the Jewish calendar that was a big hullabaloo this past year or so sometimes it happens where it does fall out on vacation and thank you for getting one day that overlaps but oftentimes what happens is that in the summer is really the go-to time to work my wife works for a private Jewish school so she's a 10-month teacher and then in the summer months she gets the, the um, the time to prepare and to plan and to take care of other things, and of course to get the kids out and about to day camp and the like. But in that period, I try to always work summer school for the city. It's a six-week wonderful thing. It's a wonderful program. It's a little bit shorter day, and it's a more flexible day. It's more chilled out. It's kind of like camp. You know, it's kind of different hours, and the pay is wonderful, better than during the year. I'm a very big fan of summer school. There's one year they did not give it to me. I was not happy, but in general, we try to do it. Summer school ended a week and a half ago or so. And then after summer school, in between summer school and school starting again, after day camp ends for our kids and school starts up again for our kids, that is the time we usually like to try to go somewhere as a family trip. And I purposely call it a family trip because it is not... A vacation. A vacation implies where you're vacating the premises and everything's hunky-dory, you're having a good time, nobody's screaming, nobody's yelling, nobody's having fits, tantrums, 
shrieking, fighting, biting, yelling, cutting, or anything like that. Luckily, we don't have most of those adjectives or verbs, but there are a lot of fighting when it comes to a family trip. So when you talk about a vacation, make sure you're using the right word. It is not a vacation, in my opinion, and I will be arguing this point tonight. It is not a vacation when you take kids with you. It is a family relocation, not vacation. The definition of the word vacation does not enter the plethora, in my opinion, when we think of taking kids with us something somewhere because the definition of a vacation is an extended period of leisure and recreation, especially one spent away from home or in traveling. An extended period of leisure and recreation. If you have small kids like we do, Baruch Hashem, we're blessed to have small kids. Can you call the week or the days or the hours that you take an extended period of leisure and recreation? How long can you go without one kid fighting, one kid screaming, without one kid yelling at one another, I don't want to walk, my feet hurt. I don't want to do this. I need the potty I need to make. I need some water. Is that an extended period of leisure and recreation? I don't think so. The action of leaving something one previously occupied, if you leave your kids behind, that could be called an extended period of leisure recreation. I went on a vacation. I took my wife to Hawaii and left the kids behind. Yes, that's a vacation. Gesund to hate. Instead, let's call it what it is. A family trip, a family relocation, which is wonderful, but is the term that I would use. And I will argue that that is the way to, to extend it for people and to call it the right thing. Family relocation, you take the family and you go to a different spot than you were before. You take the family and you bring them to a different place. A family relocation is basically where you need to move them a family relocation vacation, I guess we could call it, because the technical definition of family relocation is not really such a nice thing. We should never know from such things, really, when one parent has to go away. We should never know from such things. But in here... For a trip, a family relocation trip or a family trip, taking the family somewhere, different places. So throughout the year, this is really the one major time that we're able to go somewhere. And Bli Neder, we try to do it every year. There was a year or two we missed it. Obviously, with the height of the pandemic, it wasn't so possible. One year when we moved into our house a couple of years ago, when the second one was on the way, it wasn't able to make it. But other years, we really try to make that family trip, to make that family relocation and to have that happen. And when it comes to these trips, when it comes to these relocations, when it comes to these quote-unquote periods where we're taking them somewhere, we want to bring them somewhere, we have to figure out how to maintain our equilibrium. We have to maintain how to, how to maintain our sanity, if you will. If you're driving, are we there yet? When are we going to be there? How long is it going to take? I thought you said that we're going to be there at 4.03. It's now 4.05. I cannot believe it. Abba, Dad, you told me 4.03. We're going to be at the house. Why are we not there yet? How do we maintain sanity? How do we maintain composure? How do we maintain ourselves to maintain our sanity so for me we just got to make it through those moments somehow and still make sure that you have the sanity and that both parents are on the same page and you look forward to that end of the day when you could finally unwind if you relocate to a beautiful place you relocate to a different place and you have different amenities or it's a different setup it definitely still feels different at the end of the day i'm very strict usually about getting us to that five o'clock dinner getting us to that six thirty, seven o'clock bedtime and then we take back the day. We take back our time. We bring ourselves back.
And that is the time that's really like the the Lahavdil, the Kodashagarashim time, Lahavdil, Lahavdil, not to ever make a, a comparison to that, but that's our time at the end of the day. Do not mess with my time at the end of the day. You know, it's finally seven o'clock, we can finally unwind the kids are finally in bed after you know, bothering each other, waking up each other, taking each other's stuff and whatnot, going up a hundred times till they finally, finally fall asleep. That's the time we could take back. That could be the relocation time. That could be the calm down time at the day. So I look forward to that time a lot at the end of the day. Oftentimes my wife and I will spend that time figuring out what either to watch something or a movie or this and that. And in order to use that time wisely, oftentimes we'll break out that non-alcoholic drink we talked about in an episode last year, Mingle. I did I did forget to bring it this time, unfortunately. But you can find different ways of going about it. Even break out that sparkling grape juice during the week, sparkling apple cider, whatever. Celebrate the fact they made it through another day with your sanity. Survival mode. Oftentimes as parents at least myself, definitely feel like we need to be in survival mode. We just got to make it, man. We just got to make it. There's a phrase that I often quote to my wife, especially on these family relocation trips, on these family trips, not vacations, that I'll often say, this is why we don't have nice things. This is why we don't do nice things. We try to take the kids and we bring them and we give them nice stuff and it gets broken the next second. Try to bring them to a restaurant. They're all screaming, yelling, fighting. This is why we don't – I don't even know where that comes from. I feel like it comes from one of those shows or movies, a very famous line. But it really is apropos, especially to those parents out there. If you feel like any of this is, is reaching you, before I continue, you can always message us. You can email us at sheetorenjoymentradio at gmail.com. You can also call us at 520-453-8302, 520-453-8302 to join us live as well. So throughout the years, this has been really the time period of the year where we try to get in a trip. Starting with when we got married all the way back, those 10 or so years ago when we got married, it's going to be God willing and Rachel Shem 10 years. But back when we were first married, and don't worry, we have a plaque in the, in the house that shows exactly what day we met, exactly what day we got engaged, and exactly what day we got married. So God forbid I would never forget it. We not and Rachel Shem. But all those years ago when we first were married we had a wonderful wonderful trip that we were able to go to England and to Israel there were so many wonderful wonderful things that happened very interesting stories very crazy stories that happened on that trip itself starting in England the fact that the time period we made it there when we were newlyweds and it literally happened to coincide the Hashkacha of Hashem made it that it literally was my cousin's wedding the four or so days that we were there what are the chances that it could be that those four days were in England any time of the year it could be those four days we happened to go the end of the summer we happened to go Nothing happens according to Hashem, but the Hashkach was we made it for the for the wedding. It was a very interesting wedding. You know, Sephardi customs meeting an Ashkenazi person. Some people were sent home. Some people came back. There was Ilya Hanavi nudging me every five seconds. Come dance. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. He wanted me to keep going, leave my newlywed wife. Crazy stories. And then uh, we made it to the Harry Potter exhibit. That was a wonderful day, but it took a bus to a train. It almost was like a bus to a train, to a plane, to a taxi, to a bus ride, another bus ride, to the trolley and to the tube. Very difficult to make it there, but very cool. Out to different sites, you know, all of these cool things happening. And then we made it over to Israel for the other week and a half. And we were staying in the old Rashid. I went to Rashid for Yeshiva. They had an old building in the old city, asked the admin to be able to use it as an alumni. 
and they said yes, and there's a certain a certain guy who's going to give you the the keys. I don't remember his name. I'm sure my wife does, but there was a whole story with that. We went to a bar mitzvah, and then I was sitting on the wrong side, and then I didn't know where to sit, so I just crouched in the corner because I didn't want to upset either side. And then we were going to get the keys to go to this place to stay, and we couldn't find him. We couldn't reach him. He was saying slichos because it was starting at little for Svartim, and then he says come at one o'clock. We missed this bus. We missed that train. We missed this shirut, and then finally the last bus comes. And we have to find him. He gives us the keys. We show up at the at the site, and uh, it's pitch black except for one candle burning under the picture of the founder. Majorly creepy. Majorly creepy. And then as we're settling in for the night, we hear a cough and a sneeze and a and a yell. And all this is terrifying because they're staying in the building ourselves. So this trip, this family trip as a couple, if if you will, was also fascinating on some level, on many levels, and it. And it was a really, really wonderful trip. But even starting back then was when we started to try to do this this non-binding tradition, Minhag Lahabdil, of going every year in the summer to try to do a trip as a family, starting with myself and my wife as a couple. And even before we had kids and we did this England-Israel trip, we also went to a couple of places as well. We went to Rhode Island as well. Very, very pretty state. Very cool state. It's 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 basically the ocean state. We we did the, the mansion tours and we drove all over. Stayed in the bed and breakfast. We saw the oldest synagogue, the oldest shul, I believe, on the East Coast, the Toro Shul. Not great parking there, though. Very difficult to park there. But really a nice trip as well. And that was relocating ourselves as well. We didn't stay in the world of our story or anything like that, but we stayed in places that were very quaint and very cute and that were very, very much having a wonderful character. I believe we also stayed in the kosher Airbnb, the kosher bed and breakfast. I forget its name. We showed up like super late, I remember. Coming after Shabbos, I think we switched over. They had really yummy food. And when it comes to these things, by the way, when it comes to continental breakfast, I'm a very big fan of, of taking as much as you can. And on another trip, I'll speak about this, but you got to make do with that continental breakfast. It's a very famous skit my wife has shown me many times where... I forget where it's from, but the the guy goes to the continental breakfast. He basically loads up and loads up and takes everything with him to go. Puts some in his pockets, puts some in the shirt, puts some in the back. <laughs> he takes it with him. Really making do with that continental breakfast. It's called continental for a reason. Aren't they an airline? They're a multi-billion dollar company. So let me take multiple, multiple oranges, multiple bananas, and multiple apples to take with me on the way. So Rhode Island was a wonderful trip as well. We also went to Baltimore when we were we were early married when we were married early on and that was a very cool conference as well where we went for the OT conference. I'm an occupational therapist by trade. At the time I was still finishing up school, grad school in OT school in Long Island University, Brooklyn. Happens to be Hashkacham that I'm wearing that shirt today. Occupational therapy, ADLing since 2011, graduated in 2014, LIU Brooklyn. So we went at the behest of my professor presenting two different bulletin boards, two different posters or papers, if you will. Very interesting weekend. We joined the the Occupational Therapy uh, Chavrusa Alliance, uh, OTJOTC or something like that, Occupational Therapy Orthodox uh, Therapy Jewish Alliance, whatever. Very cool weekend. They had a minion. They had Shiorim. It was a very cool weekend to be a part of as well. That was when we were early on married as well before children but once the children came along and we still wanted to keep up doing these trips and I actually started working once the first kid was born after six weeks I always found it fascinating that I had like self-imposed paternity leave 
before the first kid came about. So they gave me, I graduated Baruch Hashem in 2014 in September, and I took the, the boards in the fall sometime, I think around November, and then my wife had a very cute way of showing me that I passed with uh, these cupcakes that had letters on them, and she changed around the letters to show pass, which was really great because she logged into the account before me because I couldn't see, I couldn't look, I didn't want to know. And then from that point, maybe it was November, December, all the way till May, I was waiting to be placed. So I put myself in, in our apartment at the time, in the Tolel, I called it the Tani Kolel, where every day I, uh, I did a little Gemara, a little Parsha, first Steinmikra, and a little of this, a little of that, you know, hanging around while my wife was at work, waiting to be placed for the, for the DOE, for the city of New York as a therapist. And lo and behold, once our kid was born... Once he was born, then I was able to go and work after six weeks. I just want to remind people, if you're joining us on the 520-453-8302, please mute yourself because we can hear you. 520-453-8302, please make sure to mute yourself. We keep the line open in case anyone wants to come on for live radio, but you yourself, if you don't mind muting, that would be fantastic to keep the flow going. So back then, when we had the first kid come and we had the, the six weeks off and then we started working, once that summer rolled around, we're like, where are we going to go now? So my wife is very into these trips and very into finding different things and figuring out the kosher foodism of the trip or not, depending on where we go. And a lot of these states are not so drivable. I like to go somewhere that's not terribly far to drive. I find it very difficult to drive too far, especially with screaming kids, yelling kids, fighting kids in the car. Nowadays, my limit for myself for driving is not so high of how many hours away we could go. It's really one to two or so hours. But back then, we were much more bold, adventurous, and um, I guess uh, testing the waters to see how far we we would go. When it was just a baby at the time, we went to New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a beautiful state. Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, all beautiful states, all take a good six to eight hours to drive, especially from Brooklyn at the time. Even now from Long Island, it would probably take a good five to seven hours as well. We loaded up the car, took all the kids' stuff. Kids have a lot of stuff. I'm telling you, kids have a lot of stuff. These tiny creatures can't understand that they have stuff that's so much, so big, takes up so much room. And even with the minivan now, the Sienna still takes up every square inch. My wife always reminds me that when she went on trips, especially down to Florida, they would sit on blankets, there would be pillows on top of them, there would be a TV in the middle, there would be packages and, and bags all over the place. I didn't really understand it until we had ourselves had a couple of kids, and now every inch of the van is taken. Every inch of the van. The trunk is filled to max capacity. The seats in between my son's, they have something there. They kept their soft toys. I told them to take no hard toys. Please, I don't want to break the house. I don't want to lose the deposit, God forbid. And then in the aisle, in the front of the aisle, in between the seats, next to the seats, every inch needs to be used. So for all the children in between the four children, Baruch Hashem, we have to use it. So at the time, though, when we were going to New Hampshire, it was just the one kid. And to be able to go there, at the time we only had Betsy 1.0, not 2.0 yet, the van, we had the Corolla. And I don't know how we fit everything in there, but somehow we squeezed it in, I guess, next to him in the back seat and in the trunk. We took our stuff, and that was a really nice trip. We had the bed and breakfast that allowed the, the kid, and then in the middle of the week we switched to a different one, and then we were by the like a lake. Very pristine, very picturesque, actually, to sit on the back porch, besides when the bees attacked us. Bees are one of my biggest fears in life, if you didn't know. I do not like them. Sukkus is always a hoot. So we had this really cool lake in the back, and when the when our oldest, the baby, when he was a baby, was calm, we ate out there, 
And that was actually a really nice meal. We took out food from the local Satmar. There was a, a menu we found that was a little drives away from the, the bed and breakfast. Uh, kind of a miniature miniature apartment in a way, really, because there was a couch and a bed and a, a little kitchenette area and the bathrooms. It kind of was like almost like a little mini studio apartment. But this place this, in New Hampshire was a really, really cool place to go, really nice place to go. And that was when we had him at the time. We went to the Old Man at the Mountain. We tried to do a couple of hikes. I'm not really a hiking person. Other people in the family are much more hiking than me. I, I much prefer a good playground. I much prefer a good boardwalk, a good uh, a good park. That's that's really a park, not a hike. Like a, a park you show up that has three playgrounds and grass and benches. Much more my style. <laughs> For me, a good day getting out now with the kids is just making it to the nearby park and staying there for two hours and calling it a day. If you get an activity or two done, especially, excuse me, especially on these family trips, especially, <coughs> excuse me, especially on these family relocations, if you get one or two or three activities, I think that's excellent. These people that post to their Facebooks or Instagrams or Pinterest or whatever that they have a hundred things that they're doing in the day, there's no way that they're doing 100 things in a day. First of all, it's not physically possible. It's not feasible, realistic, or possible at any level. Second of all, I don't believe it for a second. I see with our own kids, it's not possible to get so many things in. I think one to two to three things a day is really more realistic. So when they post 85 activities they do in a day, I think that's something they're posting from the past week and a half. And they had to somehow get everyone to agree to focus and listen on the picture that looks picturesque. That everyone's smiling was probably their 14th time going through the picture. So don't be fooled by these pictures where everyone has these amazing, fantastic Kalamahari, Kilimanjaro, Kilimanjaro, whatever place they're going to, rocking horse, glory, whatever. Or in the middle of uh, Bermuda or Acapulco or in the middle of uh, whatever, Israel or wherever they are and they have these amazing pictures. Let's think about the backstory to these pictures. How many pictures did they have to take where it actually agreed? Or maybe the second the picture stopped, everyone started yelling, screaming, and fighting again. Don't be fooled by these pictures, these picture stories, these uh, different Insta stories or pin stories or whatever. Understand that they're not really what you think they are, which is the case in general in life as well. So for us, getting one to two to three things done in the day, that's, that's what I aim for, for all our trips in general. I like it to be that way. So when we went to New Hampshire, that's what we did. We tried to go to Clark's Trading Post one day, which was really, really nice place. I remember they had this awesome train ride, kind of like a monorail, but it was a train on a track, and they took you all around the area. And we held the, our kid, the baby, at the time, and we bought different things there. I remember getting a moose hat that we took with us to the house once we moved. And every day, try to do one or two or three things and you know, make it over to the to to get some food and to make it over to an activity. And that's that's it, Zehu. That's good for the day. So that was one of our trips also. A family relocation, especially when you're taking a baby, a real baby that's like a year or less. Once you're at the toddler stage, I call them toddlers and I call them real little people. So don't mistake when I say baby, I mean real little baby who is really uh, screaming, crying, fetching, and can't walk by themselves. So that was that trip to go to New Hampshire. Then we decided to go to Montreal, which I think was one of the best trips that my wife thought of for us because the idea of Montreal is a great idea. In theory, it is a fantastic idea. It is the only country that I know about that you could drive to that's actually like you're in another place, that you're far abroad. It took us about eight, eight to nine hours to get there. 
and it's as if you're in a whole nother, it's almost like you're in Europe because there are people that speak French there. And, and you go up and you're literally in another country. You go up past the border, past Border Patrol. That was the hardest part of the trip, by the way. It was smooth sailing until we got there. Then the two boys at the time we had were screaming that whole hour we sat at Border Patrol. We sat at the, at the, at the crossing, at the whatever they call it, the, trying to get into Canada itself. We sat there for an hour. What a difficult hour that was. We had to bring everyone's passport. And we had to figure out what to do with the phones, to use uh, WhatsApp or whatever, or Wi-Fi. Very cool, though. We found this, um, this like, um, I forget what it's called already, but we found this, like, um, this hotel, this motel that was kosherized, that it was a kosher hotel, kosher motel, and it had a kosher breakfast every day. They had unbelievable danishes, and they had, I believe they might have had bagels and fruit and cereal, a really nice spread, and we would take stuff with us to go, so... Whatever we did that day, we had food for the lunch. So we went to different museums a lot of times, different days, and we would push around the strollers, and we had some fruit with us. And then there was a lot of kosher restaurants. My wife is a foodie. She's on that food group, and she's very holding. She's very uh, she's very much knowing the parsha about the food. So places we go, she's able to figure out where we could go or what we could eat. So we tried to hit up a different restaurant or a different place each day in Montreal. And to hear the French, by the way, is so cool that you're not even in like a, a country abroad going across the pond, across the sea, or having to go all the way to, to Yohabitsville, but literally driving straight up to another country to hear another language. Fascinating. It really felt like being in Europe, but being in North America. Highly, highly recommend doing that trip if you can do it. We did it at the time when there were two kids, and we stayed in this really wonderful hotel trying to do that one or two or three activities throughout the day. Stayed by a nearby Chabad place as well. And then when Shabbos came, it happens to be that my wife's cousin lives in a nearby town. So we went to him for Shabbos. That was such a nice Shabbos. And then by Sunday already, we had to check out. I always find the last day of the trip very, very bittersweet because it's such a nice week usually. Baruch Hashem and Mirz Hashem. And then at that last point when you're checking out, you're going back to the usual, back to the daily grind. And you have to take the experiences and the memories with you back to regular daily life because these trips, however long a person can get a trip and you should be zilcha that you could have a trip for two, three, four, five weeks. We try to get that weekend. But when you take these trips, that checking out is like really sad and you're, you got to go back to the usual. So that's the hardest part I find at the end, packing everything up and making sure you have everything, packing everything to go and making sure you have everything is also quite difficult, quite difficult. But there was also really cool stuff in the hotel itself. I believe the first night we were there, there was a kosher restaurant, like a meat kind of a restaurant in the actual floor of the hotel, which I thought was awesome. I don't know if it, it wasn't like a Motel 6. It was higher grade than that. It was like a quality and maybe, I think it was, a, it was a kosher quality in actually. In Montreal, kind of off the highway, they had a parking lot and then there was a nearby Chabad. Very, very cool. All these things on this trip. And then there's a pizza store, maybe like 150 steps down. So that was a dinner one day. And we took the boys out there. And they, they were very, very little at the time. So, of course, they had more stuff technically. But really cool trip to go to Montreal. So after doing Montreal and doing the very long trek, I don't want to trek back again for another eight or nine hours. That was quite difficult. So we figure out what's another place nearby that might have some 
Some kosher options, some availability, and to be near a shul would be cool in theory, in general, that would be great, ideally. So the next idea the next year was to go to Cape Cod. Cape Cod is a really, really nice community in Massachusetts, especially on set where we stand, but there, but there's some sub-communities, sub-neighborhoods, sub-areas, sub-areas in Onset, and we actually were by the Cape Cod Shul, the Onset Shul, which Rav Salvechik himself used to go to for the summers, for the Rav, for 25 years or so, and people there actually live there year-round. They have a really nice minion, probably the cheapest dues, the cheapest membership I've ever seen in my life. It's only $25 to be a member. To support that shul is wonderful. And they, they have the ability to have really cool stuff there. It's a very cute, kind of a beach town by the water. They have private beaches, which is very cool. The first year, we went there twice, two years in a row. The first year when we went, we had the, I believe the first year we went with the two boys. And then the second year, I think we went with the three kids at the time, if I'm remembering correctly. I can't remember correctly offhand, but I think so. I'm pretty sure. And the first year we went and we had what was called the button. The house was cute as a button. I think that's why they called it the button. And it was literally maybe 200 steps, 300 steps away from this private beach, which was awesome. Nobody was using it. So we got to use it. We took the kids to the sand and we went in the water a little bit and we got wet. And we have such cute pictures from, from back then. We made the sand castles and we had some beach toys. So, so nice. That itself was worth the trip, you know, just to have that location. We don't really have these private uh, beaches anymore in different areas that I could find or that I could see in general. But to have that house 300 steps away from the beach was fantastic. The only downside, which which is why I didn't want to take it the year, the second year we decided to go back, was that it didn't have laundry. So when you have little, little kids, it's very, very difficult, I find, to pack for a whole week, for seven days, for eight days without doing laundry. I find it nearly impossible how many outfits do you have to have? How many, you know, underwears and change of things? And how many divers do you have to take? And how much stuff do you have to take? So now I like to go somewhere that only, I will only go somewhere. I'll rephrase that. I only want to take the place to stay if it has laundry capabilities on it. Because I can't pack for seven days. I can pack for two, three days and then start doing laundry. I'll even do the laundry more than usual when we're at home. And I usually do it every other night. If I have to, if it's accessible, more accessible than usual, less difficult than usual, not in the basement, then I can do it more often. So I said the next year there has to be laundry. I can't I can't pack so much. I can't. It's too much. We can't pack so much. It's too much. So we pack for two or three days, maybe four if we're really bold. But we try to make it to those three days, and we pack and we go there. So Cape Cod is a lot of cool stuff. Besides for the private beach, there's the Cape Cod Chips Factory, which we did. And I can't even remember all the stuff offhand, but we did a lot of cool stuff every day trying to do one or two things. We did a kids' museum. I believe we went to the biosphere, which is kind of like a kind of like a zoo. We might have done the zoo also. It's kind of like a, a natural habitat seeing different biospheres in the world. And each day we tried to do something a little different. We went to to one town one day also. I believe when you take in these family trips and don't call them vacations, we quoted to you the definition of a vacation. And when you have little kids that are screaming, fighting, yelling, and, and just not being nice to each other, it's not considered an extended period of leisure and recreation, especially one spent from home or in traveling. 
leaving something behind that you previously occupied. It's not the definition. Really, it's a family trip. A respite or a time of respite for something is another definition. If you have kids screaming, kids fighting, kids yelling, that's not what we call it. we got to call it what it is, name it what it is, and call it what it really happens to be in real life. So we want to find things to do. We want to make sure that it's functional. We want to make sure that it's possible. I just want to remind anyone that's on the phone line, 520-453-8302. 520-453-8302. Anyone on the phone line, please make sure to mute yourself. I don't mute all at the moment because we try to have it open. If anyone wants to comment in at sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com, sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com, they're welcome to comment. They're welcome to make any points or to to talk about anything that might strike a chord, especially if you're a young family with young kids, especially if you were a kid and you made a ruckus or you have cousins or friends or you know of this situation, you know what I'm talking about. You're welcome to call us and you're welcome to email us, 520-453-8302, 520-453-8302. And that was the Cape Cod experience. So we went one year to the button. The house was cute as a button. You walked in. There was a little rocking chair. There was a little uh, sofa, a little sectional. Me and my, my wife are big fans of sectional. We need to have we have it in our own house, and when we go away, we always like that sectional. Instead of just the couches, like the two-seater and the three-seater, I like when it's attached, you have that corner. Opposite the corner, there was the, the kitchen with a little area, and then there was a tiny little bedroom with two beds, and then there was a, um, a bathroom on the first floor, but no bathroom on the second floor, which was difficult. Definitely difficult with little kids. Then there was a little staircase and one bedroom upstairs. So it was a very cute house, but the year after, it wasn't functional. Once the, the, the first little girlie came around, it wasn't really functional. So we found an apartment that had four bedrooms. So the second year, the apartment was on the second floor. There was a little parking lot. We were kind of like on the opposite side, like a couple of minutes around the corner, like we saw where we were the first year. And it didn't have the private beach as much. It was the regular beach. And we, we tried to re reinstate some of the stuff we did from the first year. But we felt like going there twice, we really uh, we really got our money's worth. We really got our ability to really get everything done over there. And so that second year, there was a, a washing machine in one of the two rooms we used. There were four rooms. But even though there were three, there were three, there were three kids, we felt like to use the two rooms that were next to each other was the best way to go. You walk in, there's the combo living kitchen and uh, dining area. There was a dining table right next to the open kitchen idea, and then there was a, a, a nice couch as well. The the, um, the the oven was kosherable, so we did that, even though the whole apartment was a little smelly and uh, pretty hot for that first night. But then we were able to cook stuff and make stuff because in Cape Cod, even though my wife found the foodie abilities and, and found the kosher abilities, it wasn't nearly as much as other places. So we ended up having to make stuff. Looking forward, moving forward, I feel like to go places where you could find the kosher food is really much nicer, really much more of a vacation feel. Again, it's not a vacation, but to give it more of a vacation feel, to have the kosher food, the kosher restaurants, the kosher ability is really awesome. In Montreal, when we were there... There were the restaurants, there were the abilities of places to go. One time we went to this funky kind of a, a dairy place that I remember the vegetable dish, but one of my sons, one of our sons ran into the kitchen. That wasn't fun. Outside we tried sitting and bees were attacking us. Inside we tried sitting and the kids ran away from us. So we had to take the food to go. So we haven't done, after that we didn't do restaurants for quite a while. I guess PTSD was in effect, was in order. 
wasn't so easy to get to the restaurants, even the local restaurants in our town, the pizza store, the 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 meat store slash sushi store, or the Chinese store, or the the pizza store, the bagel store. We don't know, we didn't go in for quite a while till we felt like they got a little older and not running away from us and not uh, causing difficulties. But in the Cape Cod, we had to do our own cooking, and and each day I tried to make different stuff and cool stuff. We brought a cooler with us, and we brought some food, and then we went to the local stop and shop to to uh, to to make sure that we have the food. I'll tell you each way before we continue where we've been. Each way is really having the pluses and minuses. If you have your own place and there's no kosher food nearby, then you make your own food, and it's interesting to be in a different place to make your own food. And then you don't have to get out and schlep the kids and go different places. But then you do lose the activities, and you have to be home at a certain time to be able to make the food and to be able to get dinner ready. But on the other hand, when you have the ability to go out to places, you could feel like you're being dined and people are feeding you. You don't have to feed and You could try out the different food in the area. So each place has its pluses and minuses. You don't have to buy all the food, maybe some snacks and some different things. You have to heat up bottles or whatever, or you want some paper towels or some or some uh, garbage bags like I've had to do. But each way has its positives and it has its negatives. It depends on what you want to do. We've done it really both ways. Cape Cod for sure. We had to buy a lot of stuff and make our own stuff. Then, of course, the pandemic hit and uh, nobody was going anywhere. So that summer, after it hit in March, we didn't really go anywhere. We just uh, stayed put. But in the middle of COVID, when we felt like you know, there was a lot of remote going on for a lot of time. Like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? So even though in the beginning, I explained that we really can't go anywhere except in the summer when it really overlaps for the DOE and, and private school once camp ends before school starts, I find that the best time, the prime time of the whole year to take the prime trip, we always wonder what if there was an ability during winter break to take a trip. So during COVID, when I was remote anyway, and my wife was off, we decided to actually do our trip that year instead of in the summer. We actually went during the winter break, and we went to a really, really beautiful lake house in the middle of Connecticut, which was like a two to three hour drive. But again, no kosher stuff nearby in the middle of the boom docks in the middle of nowhere. It was quite cold, but quite pretty, a really nice house. And it was literally on the lake, so we called it the lake house. And kids, our kids still refer to the lake house. We took the three kiddos with us, and I would I would work remote during the day, and we would go out to the backyard. We would see the lake, and we went, we went to stop and shop one time, and we went somewhere else a different time. I can't remember. And then they would uh, run about the house. It was just a change of scenery. It was nice for me to be able to work remotely and look out over the desk and see the beautiful lake. It happens to be, unfortunately, two days in, a massive snowstorm came. And made the whole lake white, so I was basically looking at white for the rest of the week. But at least those first two days, I got to see the lake. And my wife was able to take that easy chair and look out at the view and do a little bit of writing. She's working on a novel for a long time now. Baruch Hashem, she was published on Aish a couple of times about the, the middle child and about judgment. And, uh, and, a, and a slew of other topics in the making along with another topic. But that was a really nice change of pace. But again... We did have to buy the food from the stop and shop to be able to cook for that week that we were there. I like to go always a week to week, Sunday to Sunday. I like to go purposely. Some people will avoid Shabbos. Some people will go and come home for Shabbos. I don't like that. I find a real trip to be Sunday to Sunday. And starting a few years ago, by the way, with the apartment, that was when we started to do the Airbnb thing. I think it got really popular back then also in Verbo. 
don't know if they're competing companies, but it's the same concept. You know, other people rent out their houses. They make sure to clean it beforehand. They give you the code. You, you choose where you want to go, and they basically give you their whole house. We've thought about it ourselves. We thought, what about renting our house while we're away? But I don't think so. <laughs> other people, they rent their house, and they rent their apartment or whatever, and they give it to you for the week. You pay, and it's a really interesting concept. It's, a, it's almost like you're swapping houses you're going somewhere else it's nice and clean it's a different setup it's a different location it's a change of scenery i think it's a really cool idea and i believe they have it all over the place there might even be airbnb in israel i wonder if the apartment we got when we stayed in Netanya on our italy on our excuse me on our israel london trip was through airbnb maybe i don't know we got it somehow it was a really beautiful uh, beautiful place on a, on a very high floor Netanya is a beautiful city and looking out over the over the lake, and then we went to different restaurants also. Really cool, really cool. So Airbnb started a couple of years, and that's the way I really like to go now. I don't like the hotel idea or the bed and breakfast anymore. I like when it's your own place, your own property, your own privacy. It doesn't have to be a mansion. Obviously, it can't be a shack or a tiny one-bedroom uh, one, uh, one situation. It can't be a tiny, tiny cottage or a tiny bungalow or anything, but I need it to be at least a, a house of some sort or an apartment of some sort with a couple of bedrooms, at least two or more. And I like it to be that there's a living room, a dining area in the kitchen or a dining room in a kitchen too. And that's Airbnb. So we started to do that with Cape Cod number two, 2.0, if you will. When we got the apartment, it was through Airbnb. Really cool idea to do that. The lake house also was an Airbnb in Connecticut. When you walk in to the right is a, a little dining area attached to the to the kitchen. The kitchen is like a little bit of a square. We also koshered out the oven for that because there was no kosher availability besides for getting your own items at the at the supermarket. And then there was the the, the living area with the desk overlooking the the lake. Upstairs there were the two bedrooms. And then there was the basement. Basement was kind of creepy. I will tell you, it was unfinished. I did not like going down there to do the laundry. I had the kids come with me. I don't know who was protecting who, but we went down there to do the laundry just a couple of times, two or three times, because it wasn't very pleasant. They had like a, I don't know if they had like the stuffed animals or whatever on the wall. And they had a canoe. The lighting was a little shaky. You know, in those movies where like the, the lights flickering, it kind of felt like that almost. <laughs> not nearly the scary aspect, but there was the that that aspect to the house but the house otherwise was very nice we did make a few trips out very minimal trips because i was working but it was nice to take that trip as well that's the family relocation that's the family trip happens to be on one of the last nights we were or first one of the first nights or last night my daughter at the time who was only a year and a half or so bumps her her face and we're like ah oh, classic on a trip on a trip we're trying to have some sanity why why call the pediatrician show send a picture Make sure she's okay. Not such a nasty sight. Not such a good sight to see a nasty bruise under the eye. After that, we moved the table out of the way. And uh, in future visits, we knew to move stuff out of the way right away. That was the lake house during the COVID. And then now, now we decided where are we going to go. So Baruch Hashem, we were blessed with our fourth child this year. When a kid is a baby and you have multiple children, it is really, really, really difficult to go anywhere, even locally. I'm not schlepping three hours away. I'm not schlepping to... Here or there, you know, I don't even want to go all the way upstate. I'm not going to New Hampshire or to Baltimore or to Boston. Where can we go when we have four children and one of them is a real baby, six, seven month old, and they could scream and cry all day. They need to be drinking milk every 15 seconds, right? So where are we going to go? So my wife had the brilliant, brilliant idea to go to a town near Long Branch, to go to a town near Deal in Jersey on the Jersey Shore. And I'd say it's brilliant because of multiple reasons. Number one, 
It's only an hour and a half away from us. It was a very beautiful trip. We drove up yesterday in the middle of the day and we came and it really took, it would have been an hour and a half, but of course there's a fakakta traffic all over the place. I don't know where everyone's going. Maybe this is the week a lot of people have the same idea to go away with their family, but it took us about two hours. We ended up coming in the middle of the day. I wanted to leave at 12. When you have a couple of kids, you never leave at the time. An hour and a half later, we're on the road. So by the time we get here, it's around four. And then it's really prime time, perfect time to take out food because we like to eat at the five o'clock. So I figured like, what if we leave middle of the day, then we take out the food, we bring the food to the house and then we'll eat and then we'll settle in and everybody will go to sleep because even on vacation, quote unquote, even on family relocation, even on family trips, I think it's very key, very important to actually keep routine and structure as much as possible. And I say that as an OT and I say that as a dad and as a parent because when things are different, they're not in their usual beds, they're not in their usual house, they're not in their usual location, we still need to keep structure, we still need to keep routine. We still need to keep familiarity to the children as much as possible. So yes, we still should eat at 5 o'clock if possible or earlier. Yes, we should still go to sleep at 6.37-ish if possible. And yes, we should still keep up doing our laundry on the laundry nights. And we should still keep up doing the bath on the bath nights. I am not doing the bath every night. I'm going to do that even at home every night. I do it like three or so times a week, almost every other day. But it really ends up being beginning, middle, and end of week. And that's how we keep up the structure. So yeah, we'll get out and about a couple of times throughout the day, provided that we make sure that the baby has food. But we want to make sure to still keep that structure, still keep that routine. So Baruch Hashem, my wife had this brilliant idea to come to a town near Long Branch. There's a lot, a lot of kosher food. A lot of Spartan replant themselves here for the summer. It's their version of going up to the mountains, much closer, much easier, I think, and uh much more beautiful in ways. We went to the boardwalk today. It was beautiful, beautiful. We spent a, a classic, epic two hours on the boardwalk, walking up and down, seeing the different restaurants, taking pictures, just enjoying the weather, enjoying the, the view, and enjoying the, 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 the ability. The boardwalk is really beautiful. We're hoping to go to another one. Please make sure to mute yourself as well. If you're on 520-453-8302, please make sure to mute yourself. We want to make sure that we have everyone be able to listen at the same time. So when we came here, the the idea is usually to try to find something through Airbnb that has at least two bedrooms. Even though Baruch Hashem at home, we have three little bedrooms here, we want to make sure to have the two because you want the kid room and you want the grown-up room. The kid room with the kids, the, the boys are in one area and the girl is in the pack play and in our room we have the baby in the pack and play. And on the first level, there's the living room, there's the dining area and the kitchen and the kitchen itself. And lo and behold, my favorite feature is that the laundry room is attached next door to the kitchen. How cool is that? So if I wanted to do laundry 100 times this week, it's not in the basement, it's not up and down the stairs, it's literally right here. I'm trying to, to push it anyway to the usual Tuesday night laundry anyway. Usually I do Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and if I'm bold, Motsi Shabbos for laundry. But here, we have it that it's attached right here. So we have the table and then... The, the kitchen we did not kasha this year because Baruch Hashem and Long Branch and Deal and the Jersey Shore over here and the town that we're at, there is a lot of kosher availability. We showed up last night. We got some dairy. Today in the morning, we went to an awesome donut place. And then for dinner, we went to this really cool grill that had really, really yummy food. We took back the leftovers. And my wife did her research knowing in advance where we want to go. And that's the upside of going somewhere that has a lot of kosher food. You don't have to take too much with you. I myself can't 
can't handle not having any snacks around. So even though we didn't bring up much snacks, once I went to CVS because I realized I forgot two things and that we're running out and they didn't leave us behind like paper towels or, or garbage bags, I had to go get that, no problem. So then I'm like, all right, maybe we could get a couple of snacks and uh, we'll bring the rest home. But really, we don't have to buy a massive, a massive amount of stuff, right? Like in the other places, when we went to other places, when we went other locations that didn't have the kosher stuff, I had to stock up a ton, a ton, a ton, and still cook it, and bring the pots, and bring the pans. To not have to bring pots and pans is really a machaya. I will tell you, a lot of the trunk on the previous trips were taken up by the pots and pans, by the kettle. We did take the kettle this time, but other stuff was taken up, and now this time around we didn't have to take the, the bath seat. We have the bath seat instead of the bath tub, the little bathtub for the baby because she recently switched over because she's over six months and we're able to try to minimize as much as we take. You know, I got the kids' clothing down into one one bag, one shoulder bag and I got my wife and I's clothing also another shoulder bag. Granted, you know, you never could keep it really to two bags. It was like 15 other like uh, IDs, shopping bags or supermarket bags or whatever, but at least the, the crux of the clothing packing for three or so days because the laundry can be done on on Tuesday and it can be done on Thursday even if I had to do it more often throw in another one on Saturday night most of Shabbos if I have to you know the machine is right here it's right next door it's right on the same level so you have the kitchen with the dining area you have the laundry room you have the bathroom and the, the living room with two cool couches and then upstairs you have the kid room and our room and a bathroom and there's a driveway and there's a really nice backyard and that's what you get for the week it's like relocating it's relocating the family it's not a vacation the definition of a vacation is something that doesn't apply when you take little kids. I will tell you, it does not apply. A period spent away from home or business and travel or recreation, a respite or a time of respite from something, doesn't make any sense when you take the kids with you. It's really a family trip or really a family relocation, a family repositioning, if you will. And what do you take with you when you're on the trip? When you're on the trip, right? So you could take your laptop, you could take your your the wife's laptop if she wants to get some recreational writing done if you want to get the radio show done still while on on the trip that's where we're, we're broadcasting live from this town near long ranch near dale that's where we're talking about family trips not vacations because that's where we are right now we want it to be that it is functional as much as possible we want it to be that we 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 can call it that a real vacation a real vacation the definition as google explains is when it's away from business and travel or recreation. I still have to keep up a little bit, a little bit, the other jobs. still have to keep up the, the other abilities. So it's not a period, a scheduled period, where an activity is suspended or exemption granted or respite from the kids. We take the kids with us, Mamish, specifically. It would be, I think it would be too hard on some level, also, on many levels, to leave them behind for such a long time, but for a week or so. But even a, a day or so, that is an ability to leave them behind. And we have been able to go to uh, to a place for a night or so. We have done that to celebrate anniversary. One of these mansions on Long Island, really nice. And another time, more often I went to a, a retreat for two days or so up in Pennsylvania. That was really cool. But in general, we take them with us usually for that year. But we still want to keep up the routine. We still want to keep up keeping the, the functionality of the week. We want to make sure that they still have those schedules in effect, they still have those activities in effect and that routine in effect with the bedtime and with the with the scheduled bath times and the scheduled laundry times and the, the scheduled 
eating times as well. We want to make sure to keep that stuff up. And also, I think it's very good when it comes to these family trips or differences or things that are going to happen in life to to give the kids a heads up. Sometimes we'll spring kids on things on kids and they don't know, and the transition is too difficult. The transition doesn't work. It doesn't help them. So I like to prime them many times. You know, this year was the last year of the of the kids' day camp. It was actually bought out by a different camp. So I wanted to let them know that hopefully it'll work out when the next one takes over, that they should know it's going to be called something else. It might be the same location, but it's called something else. I want them to know we're going to the Jersey house. We're going to the Jersey house. Dad, Abba, when are we going to the Jersey house? How long are we going to the Jersey house? Is everything in Jersey? Are we still in Jersey? Can I come to the Jersey house? All things that my second kid, my, my second son, has been asking because he knows for weeks he's been excited and primed and he has the schedule in his mind. He knows that we're going to have the Jersey house. Then, God willing, we plan to run an in-between camp in our backyard. And then he knows, God willing, he's starting kindergarten in a new school. His fantastic preschool that he's been in for three years just ended. Very bittersweet, very sad for my wife and I. We love, love, love that preschool. Our daughter is there now. And hopefully she'll get two more years there. But very sad to end that. And, and he, Baruch Hashem, thank God, is excited in his next chapter of his schooling. He's going to go with his brother to the same school. And what we can do with these family trips, with these changes, minor changes, but for kids, they're big changes in life when they're switching schools and they're starting a school year, is to, to get them excited, to get them primed, and to get them ready. A lot of parents will do this while they're buying a new knapsack every year. Excuse me, I know my wife had that growing up, and I also had that. Very exciting to get their school supplies. As as the kids get older, though, it's a little sadder than it is exciting. For kids, young kids, I find it very exciting for them to start another school year. I like that it's the fall. Once we get through the Mo'adim, I apologize about the honking in the background. Once we get through the Mo'adim, once we get through the Yom Tovim, I find the fall really now the best time of the year. The fall is crisp. The leaves are changing. It's nice weather. It's renewal. It's starting a new year. It's starting a new chapter. Whatever is going on in your life. So for the kids, I got them each new Lego knapsacks and Lego lunchboxes and their Lego supplies from Target and the dollar store. Getting them all primed and ready. I also bought them these really, really cute personalization labels that have their names for one son and then the other son and the daughter. And we actually, before we went on the trip on Sunday, we actually were labeling the items together. So they would take each label and put it on the tissue box and put it on the Ziploc box and put it on their lunchbox and put it on their knapsack. And from a parent perspective and an OT perspective, it's a wonderful fine motor activity to do before going on the ship, getting them excited because when we come back, you know, there's a special in-between camp we're doing. There's a special schools, special time for starting school again. We want them to be primed. We want them to be ready. So when we do these trips, we get them excited and we, we try to get them excited, try to get them to know we're going to be in a different place, but it's going to be cool. And do you know that because they were primed, when we first came to the house, the kids were so excited running around. Even if the house is smaller than your house, even if the house is different than your house and has less amenities, they still could be excited because kids can live with a lot less than adults. For some reason, as adults, we need mansions. We need 100 bedrooms. We need five cars. You see these types of houses people build out here and elsewhere. Why is that? Kids can learn with Learn to live with so little. My second son was running around. Thank you so much, Abba, for being here. I love this house. I love the Jersey house. I'm so excited to be here. How long do we get to be here? We're here for a whole week, right? We don't have to go home yet, right? I love this house. This is so cool. It is so exciting. Abba, do you see that there are two different type of... Dad, you see there's two different types of couches and you see the kid room? You see the adult room? There's a picture of a moose on the wall. That's the moose room. 
And our room doesn't have a moose. It's not the moose room, but it's so cool. Thank you so much. So when we prime kids, especially for trips, and we get them ready for the transition, it's really better for us in the long run. It's more beneficial in the long run. That, and that applies to anything. If we're going to go to a store, we're going to go to a restaurant. They like to know the schedule. I like to tell them the schedule because even though it might be difficult for them to transition if we have to change the schedule for some reason, flexibility is difficult for kids. When we prime them and tell them what's coming, then they get excited about the day and they, and they, and they know what's coming. All right, guys, now we're going to go do this. We're going to do that. Today we have this plan and that plan. We're going to go to the donut store in the morning, which is what we did. That place is delicious. It is so good. Please make sure to mute yourself for the last few minutes here on 520-453-8302. 520-453-8302. We're going to round up in just a few minutes, wrapping it up for this week. But priming is really good for all things in life. If any type of thing, any transition, their teacher's going away for a little vacation or they're switching schools like my son is moving up to a different school or they're going to have a different schedule or they're going to have different uh, therapies or they're going to have different something different, different kids, different friends, anything that's going on or, or they need to have this or that. The only time that priming doesn't work, I would say, is when there's something that they don't like, like doing the nails that I have to do every so often or doing the haircuts that I do every so often. They hate that. But sometimes I'll tell them and they're okay with it in advance because the hair is getting out of control or the nails are getting out of control. But otherwise, you know, okay time, okay guys, we're going to do the baths now. Tomorrow we hope to go to a different boardwalk. Tomorrow we hope to go to a different restaurant. Mommy's going to check out which place to go to. Priming really helps. And when it comes to a family trip, which is not a vacation, I hope I've emphasized that many times, a relocation of the family when it comes to the trip, it's uh, it's uh, it's good to get the kids involved and get them to know that it's coming. You spring a trip on them without them knowing. It's not so easy. It's not so simple. Make sure to please... Make sure to please mute yourself so we could all hear you here on 520-453-8302. But when it comes to these trips and it comes to things in life, when, when things are starting in the school year or whatnot, it's good to keep them involved and keeping them, letting them know what's going on. In a couple of weeks, school is starting, and then in a couple of weeks, we're going to have some holidays and Yom Tovim. We're not going to be in school for a little while, but we'll be home. I want to take care of things. You know, we're going to be at the Jersey house on the, on the trip for a week from Sunday to Sunday. So that means Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Abba, and then we come back on Sunday, but we get to be here a whole week. Yes, that's exactly what it means. Oh, man, this is so cool. Are we still in Jersey? My son keeps asking uh, on the different places we've been to today and yesterday. Are we still in Jersey? Are we still in Jersey? Yes, we are, son. We are still in Jersey. I think the concept is hard for them to realize that we're staying in the same state. They don't. He doesn't really cop what it means yet. He's too young that we're in a different state, but the state is very big, and we're not leaving the state just because we're driving to different places. But that's some of the places that we've been to. We actually also went to Detroit a few times to visit my brother. That kind of a trip was difficult in its own right because it was like a 10 to 12-hour drive, and I can't drive that much straight. At nighttime, I get way too tired. It would be like me falling asleep, God forbid, at the wheel. So we would break it up going on a trip like that, and we did that until we had, I think, two kids maybe. Um, one or two kids, I can't remember, but we would go in and do that. And the best solution, by the way, was an audiobook. Audiobooks are awesome, and that was better to stay awake than from music. And a lecture or a sheer would put me right to sleep. So we would drive halfway, like six hours, then stop in a place called Oil City, which was like halfway in the middle of nowhere, also like a quality inn, like a hotel inn. They also had the, the continental breakfast in the morning, and I would take a lot with me to go. And then we would do the second half during the day and get there. 
And that was a good, a smarter way to get over there to Detroit as well. That also was kind of like a family trip, whether it was for a Pesach or, or this or that, that was a way to get there. And we also went to LA one time, another trip we went to from one of my best friend's wedding. We had one kid at the time was six months. He did not like the trip. Oh my gosh, he did not like the flight. We literally had to be in the back standing and holding him the whole time. I feel so bad. He was crying, making noise. We actually just introduced food to him at that time. I wonder if that's why he didn't like it. But that was a whirlwind of a weekend. The Ufra from the wedding was back to back. It was a beautiful wedding. We rented a car. We actually made it to one or two restaurants that my wife told me about that we should make it out there. I actually have been to L.A. before with a friend. I've also been to London myself one time and to Italy, Israel in high school as well. But nothing like going with the, the wife and kids to these different places. But these are just some of the trips not... A vacation but a family trip a family relocation taking the family somewhere but keeping it in a way where you could do things that are one or two things three things one or two or three things during the day we don't want it to be that it's a plethora of stuff because then nothing will get done it's overarching it's overreaching in my opinion to get five or six things done in a day it's just not enough time in a day you know even if kids wake up at six seven and you want to get the day going and you want them to eat and you want to dive and you want to get everything set, and then you want to fit in lunch and fit in dinner. You want them to get in bedtime. There's really only a 12 or so hour window to get things done. How many things can you do? If you want to factor in food, making sure that they're nourished and that they're eating, you want to factor in getting in one or two, three activities, I think that's the way to go. So this morning, we went to the donor place, and then we went to the boardwalk, and then we went for dinner. We got three things in today, and I find that a win of a day, even during the year. On a random Sunday, if we get one or two things in, just getting out of the house a little bit, especially when the weather is nice, that's really a win as well. So when we take these family trips, we take these quote-unquote relocations, and we take the kids with us. If you're Zoha to go without your kids, enjoy it, relish it, then call it a vacation when it's really respite, and you could recharge and come back to your kids if you have that ability. What wonderful. We've, we had one or two times, well, a couple of times where we had a night away, and we had a one or one or two times where we had those two days away, which was really cool. But by and large, usually we take them with us, and that's why we call it a family trip, a family relocation, taking them to a different place, hopefully drivable, hopefully close by. I like it when we have the car with us. I don't really want to be on a flight with uh, four kids that are so young. I don't like not having my car with me to be able to go anywhere we want by ourselves. You can always rent a car, I know, but it's not your car. And to be in a hotel... Once you have multiple kids, I don't find it so easy or so enjoyable anymore. I really find the Airbnb is a fantastic solution, having a whole house to yourself for the week, having the bathrooms, having the bedrooms, having the kitchen and the dining room and the laundry. A hotel is just not the same, and a shack is just not the same. You know, if you have to cram everybody into one little room and you have to share with other people, that's no, uh, no picnic for me. I don't enjoy that on any level, especially if there's no air conditioning or the like. Can't do that. Definitely not anymore. So having the Airbnb, if you haven't tried it, it's fantastic. Verbo is also fantastic. None of the things I'm talking about, of course, do I get commission from. It's just stuff that we use. And we like to go through that week. We like to go through Shabbos. You know, throughout the year, you know, you can, you can you see your own towns or the other towns that you're used to. But going somewhere else to go through Shabbos is a very interesting experience. So I like to go through Shabbos and then we end off on the Sunday leaving and coming back. I actually don't want to come back on a Thursday or a Wednesday like many people do. They find it too stressful, I guess, to do Shabbos or too difficult to do Shabbos. I don't. I think it's really cool. We could take out the takeout nearby for Shabbos. You want to keep it simple. You could do deli. You could deli salad. It's easy for Shabbos. But 
those are the things for us where we go and it's usually drivable usually sunday to sunday we enter usually this time of the year in between school in between camp and school after i'm done with summer school we go for a week or so before my wife has to start up the year and uh, we try to do where we do a couple activities a day try to keep up the schedule and the routine try to keep up dinner and bedtime at the usual but try to keep it that it's fun and prime them in advance that they're they know what's coming they're excited about what's coming they want it and they're and when they show up and they tell you that they love this house, they love this place, and it's no mansion, it's a cute little house, that's a really wonderful thing for kids. And that's what we're talking about here on This Week on Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.com. God willing, join us next week where we talk a topic for the week with some topics and some ideas for the audience members to keep here on Tani Talks Radio. And I'm your host, Tani. <laughs>